Good evening. Um, I want to first thank you guys for the opportunity to stand tonight. Um, I've already made the mistake of saying good morning to a few brothers and sisters this evening, so you guys uh, just bear with me. I, uh, I'm human. I stumble. I mumble. I make all sorts of mistakes, but I know one who's perfect, and I'm just here to try and follow him this evening. I hope you all are here to do the same thing. I hope you didn't come to listen to Hayden because you came for the wrong wrong reason. Um, I want to be the mouthpiece for him tonight. and um, Let us not focus on who wasn't able to make it, but let us focus on those who are here, and let's just follow him. Two or three are gathered. We can still have a wonderful service this evening. So let's not forget that. Um... I uh, I want to apologize for the way I look. Apparently, it is it is a little distracting. So I, I will ask that you all look past that this evening. Um, I'm going to start some reading in the book of First uh, John um, in the first chapter. Um, Brother Derek, when I, I called Brother Derek earlier this week just to kind of confirm the appointment. Sometimes things get mixed up, and I always like to reassure myself. Um, and he kind of made the comment that he tried to get the church fired up, get everyone here, and uh, be ready for the charge that I have for the church this evening. And, um, you know, I really like that. And typically we only hear it in, you know, the means of ordination. Um, but this is a charge this evening. This is um, my my battle cry. This is this is my plea to this church in a, in a word of encouragement before we go out those doors into a very, very wicked world. That we continue to fight this good battle. Continue to stand and wave our banners the way that we should. And I pray that if we fall and we stumble, that we are A, there to help our brothers and sisters to get back up, but not forget who we are fighting for. There is a great cause. Let us not forget that this morning, this evening. I already did it. So, first verse, first chapter. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon on our hands, have handled of the word of life. You know, we also hear in in the the book of John in the first chapter. You know, uh, you know. In the beginning, God was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. You know, He's 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 a constant, and and uh, also a constant and a staple through all of time is the Word. It, it's it's this book, and and what I want to kind of start by focusing on is that there's there's sacredness to these words in this book, and um, I don't want us to forget that this evening, and and. Um, you know, it, it, you look, you look at it and, and the book is truth and, okay, well, let's take it a step further. You know, what is truth? Um, it, it, and it, I don't even know how to explain it. You just kind of know what truth is, right? It's, it's, it's a statement or, um, um, something that's, that's not, you know, untrue. Um, it, it, it's, it, something you can't take away no matter how hard you try. And trust me, this world has tried to hide this truth. It has tried to kill it. It has tried to, to shun it and, 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 and block it away. But yet the son of God is always able to shine through. And truth is equivalent to that. 
This book is never going away. Just like God states, you know, he is the Alpha and the, and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. Just like in John, how it says that God was the beginning and he was the word. He was there in the beginning. And yet when my Savior comes to get us back, he will be there in the end along with this truth. It's a constant. It's a staple. There's nothing you can do about it and you're never taking it away. There's a very sacred and importance. The, the gravity of this book is so grand, I don't even have the words to describe it, and quite frankly, I don't think our minds wholly comprehend it. But that's okay. Right? God knows we're imperfect. We just need to strive to get there, right? So why am I giving, you know, such, such a big importance on this word? Well, you know, sometimes I think in our work for the Lord, that we uh, kind of have these preconceived notions that we understand everything, um, and I, I and you know when when Jesus walked you know walked on this earth himself and you know he would talk to the to the priests and things of that nature you know that that, that held up the old law they they had this this uh, this build up that their savior was going to come down as a king but yet he truly came down as a servant and we talked about it this morning in you know our Sunday school class how how they they had this preconceived notion that they knew what the will of the lord was but yet it was something almost the complete opposite and because of it they missed the whole thing let us not do that this evening I'm not here to bring anything new. Like I said, this this word never changes. It's immutable, just like the Lord, right? It's a constant. It's always there. But all because this is something we've heard before, let us not think we already understand it. So, again, I'm we're going to be doing a little bit of hopping around. I just ask that you guys bear with me. So we're going to flip over to Proverbs now in the 22nd chapter. And again, I, I want to talk about the importance of this word and and... I think we have this preconceived notion that um, when we talk about uh, letting our light shine and, and, and preaching the word and, and moving it on and, and um, you know, that, that, that's, our, that's our duty. We, we, we are here to, to tell the good word, you know, let, let, let this world know um, what it is that, G, that the Lord himself had done for this, 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 uh, this world, this lost and dying world and and the, the steps that we need to, you know, take to, uh, you know, be, be his servants and, and follow him and things of that nature. And yet, I think sometimes we miss the easy things on how to handle that situation. And so in the 22nd chapter in the 6th verse, <coughs> excuse me, it says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. The rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is servant. To the lender, he that soweth iniquity shall reap vanity, and the rod of his anger shall fail. He that hath a bountiful eye shall be blessed, for he giveth of his bread to the poor. So, this is talking about training up a child, and that's kind of my focus this evening on uh, uh, continuing the 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 life and the the. Um, uh, our outreach to this world is that we actually have a generation set before us that are one day going to carry out this good word. And I think sometimes, at least in, 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 in my lifetime, I can only truly speak for myself, that um, we get so focused on 
you know, being a disciple to those at the grocery store or those, our coworkers that we see every single day or, or things of that nature that sometimes we kind of put on the back burner, raising up our own kids in the way, right? And you brought it up, but I'm really thankful you did. That just reassures me that I'm following the Lord here as you brought up Brother Heath Dodson. And he's a prime example. And as sorry as I am for his family, because it is it is a terrible loss, and I, I couldn't imagine losing A, my significant other, or even B, my, my parent as a small child. But I'm, I didn't know the individual very well, but I, being a preacher, and, and I, I, I pray and hope that he was able to leave the impression on his children, the importance of this word and the work of the Lord, because that's our duty as a parent. You know, it's not just to keep them alive. You know, we hear a lot of, a lot of moms and even dads, you know, like, it, you know, whoever it is that stays at home with the kids, you know, the spouse will come home and be like, well, you know, how was your day? How the kids do? Well, I kept them alive. So that's a plus, right? And, and trust me, that is a, that is a hard job. My wife does, is amazing at it. I am not degrading that at all. Please, please do not misread that. But God has set something before us more than just keeping our children alive. We're to make disciples out of them. And that starts when they are young and in the molding phases of their life, not when they're 18. And just to be quite frank, again, I can only speak honestly in my life, I think that's something that our churches have missed in the past. Yes, we want to point and say, okay, you need to make it to Sunday school. Yes, we want to point and say, okay, now go to youth group and 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 youth fellowship and let's let's hit up the the youth weekends and let's hit revival those are all fine and dandy but how often do we sit at home with our family and read the good word right how often do they see their parents reaching out to those at the grocery store just randomly and saying hey this is awkward but i got a savior and i think you need him right trust me i'm no better than the next person probably the worst of us all but we are to be an example to these children. And it says here, if you just skim over, it's on the same page of mine in the 23rd chapter. In uh, the, we'll start with the 22nd verse. It says, Hearken unto thy father that begat thee, and despise not thy mother when she is old, but the truth, and sell it not also wisdom and instruction and un, in understanding. The father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice, and he that be, begetteth a wise child shall have joy of him. Thy father and thy mother shall shall be glad, and she that bare thee shall rejoice. My son, give me thine heart, and let thine eyes observe my ways. Right there in the twenty-sixth verse, thy eyes observe my ways. That's 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 flat out saying that the mother is rejoicing that the child was able to see this mother's efforts and was able to imitate that. Why? Because the greatest teaching is by example. We hear it all the time, especially at work and things of that nature. Excuse me. We hear it all the time in, in, in work and, and things of that nature. You know, how many times do you want to come in, into work with a manager, right? No, and, and you even see it. They try to fool you. They call them, you know, lead persons now and things of that nature. Why? Because who wants to come in and have someone nagging at them and demanding that they do something that they don't even do themselves? Right. 
Whereas if you take someone who comes up, grabs your hand and says, here, let me show you how to do this, right? It's a whole different ballgame. We see it in our own selves. So why do we try to do the opposite with our children? And again, I'm just as guilty as the next. We hear the famous saying, do as I say, not as I do, right? How about, hey, I have it on my heart that I really want to go talk to this individual. This is something that the Lord is putting on me. Let me show you how we do this, right? Make disciples out of our children. You know, and, 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 and my boys, they're, they're, they're very young. Um, Leland, or I said that again. Rowan, man, they're all together. They, they get jumbled up. Um, Rowan, just last week, I had a preaching appointment down in Tennessee, and Rowan and Finn were feeling pretty ill at the beginning of the week, so Shy just didn't think it was a great idea to bring them two states away. Um, so they stayed here in Indy, and I had my preaching appointment down there, and Shy told me that they woke up that morning just, to be quite honest, not really expecting to go to service. They just wanted to play it safe, not getting any of the other children sick. Um, and without missing a beat, Rowan woke up and said, church, mommy, please. Really puts a good feeling in a father's heart. When you see that your attempts to be an example to your children are finally seen through. He had no clue it was Sunday. He didn't know what day of the week it was. He didn't know what time. But he knew we were supposed to be at church that day. And it's a great blessing to see that from your young ones. And this is what the scripture is saying right here in the 26th verse. Is that when we make that effort, when we fight that battle, and we be that example for our children, they pick it up. They start doing it themselves. And just like Brother Heath Dodson, we don't know when our time is to end, right? We tell the lost all the time, right? Oh, you don't know when the end of your time is. You need to get right with the Lord. Why don't we take it just as serious as they need to? We sit here and we waste time. And, you know, time is is uh, one of the, the, is the number one uh, currency non-renewable currency that we waste and we act like we can just get it right back when we really can't. And the scripture talks about that and that's a whole other message of itself. But let us stop wasting and acting like we have time to raise these little disciples and let's just get our feet and hands dirty and start doing it. I'm not trying to get too far ahead of myself, but let's, um, let's now flip over to 30... The chapter 31, still in Proverbs, all the way in the 26th verse. So it talks about being an example. And I'm going, I'm going to knock this one out real quick because uh, this isn't my forte. I'm not a virtuous woman. Um, but the Lord has put this on my heart to, to talk about this this evening. Is Moms. I lost a grandmother not too long ago, and uh, Brother Steve Sablon preached a wonderful message on a virtuous woman, and the impact that she had on the community down there, and the thing about my grandma, my mom's mom, is she wasn't a very vocal woman, 
She was very kept to herself. She did the deeds of her home. She took care of her home. She took care of her husband. She always went to church, but yet she was always willing to give a holler to anyone that she had in her heart. And that's an example that she was able to set before not only my mom, but me. And right here in the 26th verse, it says, a virtuous woman it's speaking about, she openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of, of idleness. Her children arise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. Again, I'm talking about us parents being examples, and I'm going to talk to mothers first, because again, this is not my forte. But what I got out of this, you moms, and again, you all work much harder than us fathers, don't get me wrong here. Um, but here in the 27th verse, it says, uh, you know, to, to, she looketh well to the ways of her household. She up, she does the upkeep of, of the home. And, and a lot of, a lot of moms are out doing that and working very hard in, in that manner. And, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Uh, you know, the, the mothers and, and homekeepers are not, not to be in this tense lazy. And honestly, with children, I don't know how you can be lazy because you're constantly chasing around your children. So, and then it also says in the 28th verse, her children arise up and call her blessed. Now, I am a real big, I, I, it's kind of funny because I'm, I'm terrible at English, but because I'm so bad, um, whenever I read words that I think I understand, I look up the, uh, the origin of the word, whether it's in Greek or Hebrew, and I try to break it down for better understanding, just because honestly... This is an old book. It's a very archaic language, and sometimes we get a little confused. And so I, I, I looked up the, the origin word of, of this term blessed, and uh, it is ashar. Um, and basically what that means is to move forward, to prosper, or quote-unquote guide. Um, you see, mothers, you're, you're to be a guide. You're to be, and again, just kind of the running term tonight, you're, you're to be an example um, to these children on what a good, godly servant is. And, you know, when you do this, it says that her children see it, you know, her and just kind of, you know, blended in here in the 28th verse. So children arise up and call her blessed or, you know, she's a great guide. And 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 then it also continues. And her husband also her husband is able to see it. And and he praises her, you know, a, a wonderful and good husband sees the efforts of his of his wife and he and he acknowledges it. And he praises her for it. And I just want to go ahead and say, you know, to my wife, if I ever failed in that, I apologize. But you're doing a great and wonderful job. And uh, I, I hope that, you know, us husbands, we, we, we always take take the minute and take the second to appreciate and acknowledge the efforts that our wives put in. Because trust me, I would not want her job, just to be quite honest. I, I don't know how she does it, and she does a wonderful job at it. Um, now that we got that out of the way let's let's move over to the fathers because that's that's more of my forte that's what i'm used to um let's see here
Bear with me, guys. I think I lost my marker. Yep, here it is. All right, here we go. Thank you. Okay, so husbands, let's let's flip over to to Ephesians in the fifth chapter. Um, we're gonna do in 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 starting with um, we'll start with the twenty second verse, just just kind of a place to start, which we've already skimmed over wives, but we're gonna focus on husbands here. It says, "Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands, as unto the Lord." For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, this is the big one. Love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Period. We hear this all the time. But... In, in, in my life and in, in my study and, and, and my own, uh, uh, I guess attempt to be a, a, a good godly, uh, uh, man is that this is probably one of the most hardest things that I think the scripture has ever called me to do. Cause it literally states that we're to love our wives as Christ loves the church. I mean, it, it talk about a, a bar being set. Um, we, we are held to such a high standard. You know, I, I think the generations before us have kind of trampled on that, not to, to degrade or anything like that, but yet we, we always see the old sitcoms, and, and we've even, even seen it with our grandparents and things of that nature, is the man goes out, he works, he comes home, and again, not us, but on sitcoms, he'll open up a beer, he'll sit on the recliner, and he'll watch TV all evening because that's his job. He's the man of the household, and the wife is to serve him. But yet, it's so much more than that. Just like I stated before, Christ didn't come as a king. He came as a servant. So there's step one. We're to be a servant to our wives. We're, be, we're to, to come and, and help them. And yes, while we also are the provider, as soon as we get home, that doesn't mean our work is finished. It just means the second half is starting. You know, and... And, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm thick headed. I'm a Patterson. Sometimes it's hard for me to understand. And it, it took a while for, for, you know, shy to, to get through my thick skull that when I get home, I can't just relax and do everything. You know, there's, there's groceries to be got. There's, there's a house to be clean. There's uh, food to be cooked and, and baths to be had with our children. And, and like I said, if I'm doing the right thing, we need to have some Bible study and, and even take it a step further. You need to have study with your own spouse and just take a little side note real quick. Again, me and Shy aren't perfect. We don't have it figured out. But I want you to know we are really trying. And I think we're starting to find a stride and I really want to thank the Lord this evening for that. Because when we truly put the Lord at the front hold of our marriage, not just the center, at the front, right? Because, you know, when you think of, of battle terms and things of that nature, you put all the, 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 um, the, the, the grunts or, or, you know, the low grade people at the front because you expect them to take the majority of the blows. That way the important guys can come in and win the battle, but yet God is so grand that if we put him in the front, he'll take the heavy blows and he'll win the battle. And that's how our marriage is supposed to be, is that he's supposed to be the forefront. And, you know, again, Shy and I, we started reading this book together and it's going great. And I just say, you know, if you guys don't do it, try it. Um, because, again, sometimes we grow up in a, in a household that... Uh, tries to put on a facade. We try to make it look like we're good, godly individuals, but yet 
when we grow up and it becomes our turn, sometimes we uh, we follow those footsteps set before us and we learn that it was more of a of a of an act or a show than something true and real. And so, I, I, again, I didn't mean to derail on that, but if you guys are having marital issues, just go to God. That 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 that's that's that was my my point there, and um, uh, I, I I truly believe in that. Um, but uh, again, so to be a servant, uh, a husband to your wife, you know, we uh, again. <clears throat> And it's so easy in the heat of the moment, especially because, again, right, we're all human. We love our spouse very much, but sometimes we get in escalated discussions. That's that's what we like to call it, right? Um, and and sometimes in the heat of the moment in our escalated discussions, we, we can say some hurtful things uh, because we, we, we are the type of people, we are a reactionary people rather than an understanding people. And that's actually complete opposite than what the scripture tells us to be. So again, I'm no better than the next person, but that is something I'm asking the Lord to to help me with, to give me patience and and leadership, um, so that when we have these escalated ar- arguments, that we don't just say hurtful things, but yet we find a solution. Um, and 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 that's step one. But yet, going back in the church or God's people, Adam and Eve in particular, God wanted companionship. That's why He made man. His original intention was not for man to be separated from God. It was that we all live united in perfect harmony. But what did man do? Man brought sin into this world and we separated ourselves from the one who wanted that companionship. And yet, from our failure and our uh, 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 sin and false doings and things of that nature, He's the one who made a way. Why? Because he was able to see that we could not fulfill that bridge, that gap. So although we were the ones who messed up, we were the ones who separated ourselves from him. In the end, he was the one who paved the way for reconciliation and recuperation. Why? Because he loves us. Husbands, we need to take that. And we need to run with it. Your wife says something very hurtful. She called you fat in those red maroon pants that you're wearing on Sunday morning and Sunday evening. I'm, I'm just kidding. She didn't say that. <laughs> or if she, you know, if you're, she says you're being ugly or your attitude's ugly and she calls you dumb and she knows better and things of that nature. Let us be patient. Let us absorb the blow. Ponder on it. And again, let us find an answer rather than reactionary. And, and because that's what God did for us. And again, the scripture, it, and I, I can go on and on for hours because, it, you know, I pre- the sermon I preached last week about God being the I am. He's everything. You know, he is what he is. It's a statement of affirmation. You know, you need him to be a, 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 a healer. He's that. You need him to be a savior. He's that. You need him to be your stronghold, your shield. He is also that. And again, us husbands are to be that for our wives. They need a healer. They should be able to come to us. If they need guidance, they should be able to come to us. If they need recuperation, if they need uh, um, uh, any, any anything that they need, we should be for them. Why? Because truly the husband is the servant to the wife. And I'm stating all this 
Because what did I say a few minutes before? Is that if we're being the example to our children and we're doing the things that the Lord wants us to do, that stuff is transparent and it absorbs into these little sponge minds that these children have and they will learn to do it of their own. Let us be an example for them and not just a manager of them. Let us show them what it means to be a child of God and not say this is how you're supposed to live, but this is how I do it. Because I think we do the latter of the two, just to be quite honest. I know I do. I can only speak for myself. And so that's my charge for the church this, 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 I almost said this morning, this evening is, is that you guys have a great and wonderful opportunity. I know you do. I've, I've talked to brother Corey. I helped him out on his, on his remodel. We did some, some bonding and some talking and, and, and he, he, uh, he told me about, you know, your guys' outreach and, and, and the youth that you guys have here and, and the, the homeschooling and things of that nature. You guys have a great outreach and opportunity to be an example to this next generation building up. And why is that so important? Because this book is so sacred. There are churches out there dying. And if we do not establish a future church, my children will have nowhere to go. Your children will have nowhere to go. That's the gravity and the importance of what the Lord is trying to tell us this evening, church, is that if we do not act now, if we do not tell them, just like Brother Heath Dodson, we could die tomorrow and they could lose that opportunity of a guidance or a teacher to show them how to be a child of God. So my charge to you this evening, church, is what are we going to do? And again, I didn't come here to, to nag on you and tell you how to be better parents, but yet I needed this just as much as you guys. Southside has just as good an opportunity as you guys. I, I tried to, to count it up. I think we have like 14 or 15 kids like in the age of five and under, and we have more on the way um, already. And it's uh, a huge burden that's been on my heart lately is just the future of our church. What's the point if there is no future? And it sounds very morbid and, 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 and kind of backwards, but yet uh, truly... We can, we can sit here and we can reach out to the elderly. We can reach out to the sick and the shut in or the, the drug addicts. And, and, you know, God came to save all, not, not just any individuals, but we can, we can work on these older individuals. But yet when we all pass, have we done our, our, our diligence to, to make sure the continua, continuation of the church is, is there? What are we doing for our children? And that, and that's why I said, earlier that I think we have this preconceived notion that we got time we can just teach our children later right let's 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 work on what we got on us right now we will we'll, uh, put them to the wayside and maybe when they're 15 or 16 we'll let them start singing up front or collect the offering it's not like that guys and, and, and that's kind of the thing that I found in my life and that's why I'm bringing this out is that I just kind of grew up thinking like, all right, like one day I'm just magically going to fill an office in the church and, and I'm going to know everything to do and, and it's going to be grand and we're just going to make sure the church is okay. But yet, <laughs> I'm, I'm to know the entirety of this book. I'm, I'm to fulfill it. I'm to, I'm to follow it. I'm to live by it. And to be quite honest, I, I, I know so little. I, I, I don't know near as much as I should. And 
I, I'm not sitting here blaming the generation before me on that, but just to be quite honest, no one really sat down and taught me. And I don't blame any one individual for that. Don't don't get me wrong. I, I'm just saying, let us do better than those before us. That's all we can do. We can't fix the past. Let us just set what is. Let us go after what is set before us, and let us do better. And and that's my charge. That's my plea to you guys this evening. Let us let us be that example to our children. Let us let us see the continuation of, of God's church, and 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 uh, let us just be those that virtuous woman and, and that good godly husband that, you know, to, to love his wife and as he should and, and for the mothers to, to be the, the guidance and be the example that, that they need to be for their children. Why? Because this book is so sacred. This word is so sacred. The continuation of God's church is sacred. Let us act like it. And that's my charge for you guys this evening. I'll turn it back over to Brother Derek.